0: Welcome to the MCA All-Star Podcast, where we talk about all things operations, so you can build the best real estate brokerage in this ever-changing industry. Today, we've got a great interview lined up for you, where we learn from one of the top operational leaders in the game. So break open your notebook, sit back, and enjoy the show. All right, so I'm really excited because today we have the amazing Josh Torres, um, and, and Josh, so I'm excited because, you know, I was talking to your maps, coach Jude, and she told me that you really are one of the rock stars on her roster, uh, around retention and, uh, and kind of keeping that back door closed. So give us a little bit of insight. Tell us a little bit about who you are, how long you've been with the market center and and what specifically you've accomplished around retention in your office.
1: Sure. So uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm honored to be on this. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'll get started because there's a lot to unpack. And um, so I've been with Keller Williams since 2014. So this is my ninth year. Wow. Um, yeah, it's unbelievable when I think about it and when I say it That's out loud. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've only been with my current market center for um, about three years. So I started here in 2020. And, um, and I'm in California now, but actually my original market center was in Florida. So, uh, traveled across country, but stayed with NKW.
0: <laughs> I know you just skipped the whole middle.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe one day I'll, they'll start doing those. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, but you know, being with Keller Williams, it, it, it was almost a no brainer for me when I came out here to begin with. And, um, you know, I, that's literally the first place I looked. It was what I knew it was what I was familiar with. And, um, you know, I realized that they were, they still operate them out here, just like they do in Florida. And, you know, uh, it was a super easy fit. Um, and I think uh, one of the things that gives me good perspective on it is I started out as a front, front desk and then, you know, then I became an agent services coordinator, market center tech trainer, uh, assistant MCA, and now MCA. Awesome. So I feel like that has really given me a lot of perspective on the different roles, what the different needs and expectations are of each one. Mm. Um, Each one of those roles sees the agent differently Mm. and each one of those, the agent sees differently. So um, there's just so much value that comes from understanding, you know, what each agent needs at each step, because the questions that I get as MCA are nowhere near the questions that I got when I was agent services or when I was front desk. So, um it's just really about really understanding where the agent is coming from and what their needs are and just helping to address them
0: i love that i love that so i had no idea that you used to be an mca or or you used to be with keller williams in in florida um that's awesome i had no (laughs) idea and almost to 10 years man congratulations yeah so okay so um so your office you do really well with retention so Give us a little bit of insight, like what, um, you know, what has your market center accomplished around retention in the recent years?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, especially, you know, I started in 2020 in this market center in in January of 2020, the last week of Mm January, So really I had one full month, February of 2020, and then March happened. And that was Mm -hmm. literally the world froze. And, yeah. uh, you know, there was a lot of questions. I said, what's going to happen? Nobody was producing. They shut everything down. And I'm thinking, "Our agents just going to get out of here? So I feel like that was a crash course into retention right away. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at that time, I was assistant MCA. So I was also learning the MCA role and account edge and win role, all that stuff. But really, it was also, you know, we're in a situation that we have never been in before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, What can we do to keep the agents happy? What can we do to keep the agents engaged? Are we still doing classes? Um, Obviously, we started getting into Zoom. And uh, eventually, as things started opening up a little bit, where it was still kind of like the six feet and the social distancing, one of the first things we did was we brought in uh, a crew to install what's called a Zoom room. So we completely modernized our training room and had cameras installed in there and microphones and uh, a whole Zoom kit so that we could host things from the training room still. um, But then, you know, anyone could could watch from home. So, um, and we went completely remote. I know a lot of other market centers did too. But I mean, we did our sales awards uh, remote. We did our weekly sales meetings remote, all of our classes remotely. So um, we just kind of went fully on Zoom and that helped get people, you know, engaged still. Mm. Uh, And then luckily in California, at least, you know, I think within a month, month and a half, uh, real estate was considered an essential business. So uh, things opened up pretty quickly for us compared to other industries. So, um, but yeah, right off the bat, there, there were people that left. And in fact, the most losses that we had in 2020 from agents leaving was during that time period where everything shut down. So I think that was just the people that were maybe on the fence um, financially or, or whatnot. Uh, you know, those, the ones that were really kind of close, those are the ones that we ended up losing, but um but we picked up right away, and in fact, we grew um, in 2020 still. Uh, wow, not very much, but we still grew. So um, and and it just kind of had us, and you know a lot of things we already had in place for retention, but it really made us make those stronger and also add additional things. Um, you know, one of the things we did during Covid, for example, was uh, we knew that people were not coming into their offices, but they were still being billed off as rent. And it's like, I know that's not entirely fair. But at the end of the day, we had a rent to pay ourselves. So, um, you know, our landlord's not giving us a break on our rent. So do we give a break on their desk rent? So uh, that was something that we discussed doing. And what we ended up doing was for a lot of people, we offered a deferral program uh, where we didn't waive their fees, but um, we deferred fees until their next closing. Uh, Or maybe they could pay like half this month and then next month, you know, when things get better, you pay, you know, the full month plus what you owed before. And that program helped tremendously. Uh, We just signed little agreements to everyone that decided to partake. Um, Others just decided to stay on and pay their fees in full, but it really helped keep those people that, um, you know, that were on the fence as well. So, Mm. um, and that helped tremendously within, I think within the end of the year, uh, we were already at like 80 or 90% of those people fully back and, and paying their fees in, in full. So, Um, You know, we just kind of, we're trying to think outside the box just because it was a unprecedented event and, you know, it it worked to help get people in, but uh, that really helped kind of get things solidified for retention.
0: Awesome. Yeah. You know, I know we were talking just a little bit before, you know, before we started recording and you were sharing that, you know, in last year, right in 2022, now this is after pandemic, this is, you know, things have opened up now. You said you guys you only lost 46 agents. Um, and out of out of the agents who did leave, you said only five of them were producing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Out of yeah. all the agents who left, only five producing.
1: Yeah, I so see. uh, you know, th- which that kind of goes to two things. One is we would rather not have anyone leave, but mm. um, you know, it, it it goes to show that those people who are in production. Will stay, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, they're here to to have a career and make a living and provide. So if we can get them into production, they're most likely going to stay. Doesn't necessarily mean that that they won't leave. You know, we yeah. have other retention tools for that. Um, but you know, a lot of those people that were just zeros across the board that never got into production, um, you know, never even you know went on or wrote a contract or anything like that. A lot of times, those are people that were part-timers, or yeah. um, you know, maybe real estate is just kind of more like a hobby. Uh, a lot of those people were just referral-only uh, agents. Not to say that those people aren't important and that they're not savable, because they are. Um, but you know, it just kind of goes to show that the you know, those are there's an opportunity for productivity for everyone, no matter what their situation is. In fact, our PC program right now you know, has like five or six part-time agents and okay. those are agents that are still engaged or still closing deals. So, um, you know, if there's someone there that's that, that can help you, that can help the agent um, you know, they'll stay regardless of what their situation is. But, um, but yeah. Um, so, so let's,
0: let's talk about that because, you know, uh, you've got, you know, <laughs> us having conversations before, I know you've got a lot of, you know, you've got a lot of great systems, to to work on retention to you know to keep agents engaged i i just want to you know go back to something that you said which is every agent has the opportunity to be productive and you know it sounds like when you said listen we know that if an agent is in production they're less likely to leave doesn't mean they won't leave just means that they're less likely to leave talk just a little bit about the mindset that you bring to your team around this because i think You know, one of the things that I hear a lot um, that can be a challenge is, you know, hey, this agent, they didn't plug in. They didn't engage. Like, I don't know. How would you respond to that? Right. Like, how do you address that? How do you think about that as a team?
1: So that was a big challenge because this is something that we didn't have in place when I first started, which is um, we if someone is newly licensed we actually require that they go through our productivity coaching program for at least three deals. So mm-hmm. they know that if they don't know how to sell or they've never done an open house and they've never written a contract, like it, it, it's almost a disservice to have them just come in here and just attend training mm-hmm. classes. And all of a sudden they're going to, you know, learn all this and with, with no personal one-on-one coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, And a lot of times with MAPS coaching, for example, like they might not be in a position financially to afford one just yet in the very beginning, especially as a non-producer. So uh, what we do is we have an in-house productivity coach that walks them through their first three deals. And what we do with those people is since they're brand new, we don't charge them desk fees, but we provide them an open workstation and a cubicle that they can work in. So... Uh, and then in some cases, depending on whether it's a deal breaker or not, the team leader can waive like maybe the first month of fees, the first two months, um, you know, depending on on, on the situation for that, for that specific agent. But now they got uh, no fees for maybe a couple months, they have no desk to pay for, and they have someone that they don't have to pay until they close the deal because the productivity coach does get a percentage. But they don't have to actively pay for something until they close something and they're making money themselves. So, um, and we just tell them, we're like, if this is not what you're looking for, then, you know, maybe you can look at a different KW Market Center or a different, you know, whatever it is. But if you wanna. I
0: was just gonna ask, I mean, so, so you got productivity coaching, you waive fees. I mean, you ever have people just not plug into that stuff? Like, what does that, you know? Does that happen do. to you guys?
1: Yeah, we do. And, so how um, do you approach that? So those are more rare. Um, RPC coach is very good. She has a pretty robust program where uh, they have one-on-ones. They have group masterminds. They have to attend Ignite. Their Ignite uh, classes are tracked to see what they're attending. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to attend uh, open house training and be open house certified. And, oh, okay. um, and then before they can even host an open house as a representative of our office. Wow! And, um, Wait, so and, you guys,
0: you won't let them host an open house until they're certified.
1: Correct. If they're in the PC program, we want to make sure that they can host an open house before just letting them okay. go out
0: and, and, and do it. So um, how does that, then, how do you enforce that?
1: Uh, so we have a list where the agents that have listings share available open houses and, uh, the agent won't be allowed to sign up for the the pool of agents that can host open houses until they've been open house certified, and then uh, at the regulates house, that the, though. The the PC coach will actually they're, uh, they're just like what? okay yeah, yeah technically she'll actually will go to the open house on weekend wow. and just kind of walk them through and and in between clients she'll say you know maybe say this next time or uh, yeah. you know things like that things like you know always wow. assume there's a camera in there for example just. Because uh, at the end of the day, they're representing our brokerage, so we want to make sure they represent wow. them good
0: way. I love that. I mean, I, I love the certification program and and that you you know that's a standard, right? That's what I'm hearing is that you guys have a standard. listen if if you're gonna do real estate, this, these are the standards that we have, and they're they're actually there to help you uh, make this a successful business uh, enterprise for you. So I love that. Yeah,
1: exactly. Okay. And then um, so and then what we found is after the productivity coaching program, after they've had their first three deals, um, there was always kind of like a drop off of what mm-hmm. happens to them now. So three deals is not really enough for them to be OK. Now you can go be a capper. Right. You know, right. they are still kind of like that middle period of you have OK experience, you know, maybe enough to be a quarter capper or maybe even a half capper. Um, some people have capped straight out of the PC program because they, you know, we had a one, one PC agent that a $5 million transaction that she got off of an open house
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that was her first transaction. There you go. So she capped right away. Um,
0: but she you broke know, but, the system. <laughs> yeah.
1: So between, between the PC program and being a capper, what happens to those middle people? So, um, we created a program ourselves called Accelerate, which mm. is, it just combines things from ignite but maybe a little higher level and then uh we borrow some things from maybe things that are shared in masterminds which i'll go more into detail later but um we we kind of create a middle ground where those people have somewhere to go and something to do versus just now what i'm done with pc now what happens so uh in that we cover the six personal perspectives. We cover uh, listing clinic, business planning clinic. I mean, we go into so uh, such such depth, um, wow. so that so that we don't lose on those people that are kind of you know mm-hmm. on the fence of where to go. And so we found is that? A
0: that... Lot of them... Oh, go ahead.
1: No, yeah, we found that a lot of them, uh, you know, because they are staying engaged and and are still closing transactions and whatnot. Uh, those are a lot of them that end up becoming cappers.
0: So so you have a program. It's called Accelerate is that it It sounds like there are some, there are some classes in there. Like, what is, is, would you say it's a combination of a classes and accountability? Kind of, like, what is that?
1: Yeah, so it's more like a curriculum. And then um, some of the classes are customized, but most of them are just KWRI classes that oh, okay. are available to everyone. So, like, for example, Business Planning Clinic is one of them. Uh, I think we do eight sessions, um, uh, Agent Financials. So uh, we just include all of those in there so that uh, we make sure that those people aren't being dropped off. Uh, we have a mindset class. So. so like,
0: so walk me through this. Okay, so yeah. I'm an agent. I've graduated your PC program. Are these just, they're just like on your calendar? Like, how do I know this is part of an Accelerate program? Like, do I get a packet? Like what, can you say yeah. more than that?
1: That's a good question. Yeah, so we actually, uh, we have the luxury of having master faculty on our staff. So, uh, what we do is we have them teach the class just to the accelerate people, so it's not on the training calendar. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so what we do is we in a nearby facility that's a little bit bigger, uh, we host it there and we have sponsors pay for the lunch and whatnot. And it just feels like it's they' like they're going to an event, but it's really is something that's hosted by our market center. It's hosted mm-hmm. by a member of our either staff or an agent that's master faculty. And then, uh, and then, yeah, we just the, the whole idea is to keep them engaged. It's almost like an extension of the PC program, uh, but we just don't want them, you know, just to just go by the wayside. We want them to yeah. stay engaged, to learn these things, to have the right mindset, um, and then with the goal that, you know, they're, during that time, it's almost like a almost like a mini bulb, you know, because mm. uh, you're you're getting people doing the right things. They're doing the phone calls. They're doing the consultations. And you know they're just staying in uh, in a mindset of productivity versus just losing them.
0: I love that. So, so you you have sort of these specialized classes that are just for these the, this sort of middle group of agents. They're not on the calendar, um, but they're exclusive just for these agents. So how how do they find out about them? Like, do you guys is this part of like an email? you know, group that you have or what does that look like?
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's invite only. We actually don't want people attending that are NPC.
0: Okay. And
1: uh, if anyone wants to attend that is already a capper or is already past that step, they can come in. We just Mm -hmm. don't want the newbies there just yet because it's going to be a little bit higher level than what they're going through in, in productivity coaching. Okay. Um, in fact, we had one that just showed up without, without signing up. And of course, oh, we're really? <laughs> in, because we're not going to yeah. kick them out, but, um, but we just let them know, you know, moving forward, remember, this is an invite only thing. So, uh, okay, they understand that.
0: Gotcha. Awesome. Okay. So you got to accelerate. That's for, this is for the people who they've graduated PC. Um, what, you know, what else have you guys done to sort of keep that engagement? Right.
1: Yeah. So um, a big part of that is we rely heavily on our ALC and, um, you know, our ALC, they're all producing agents. And in, in many cases, some of them are mega agents. So to have, you know, there's a difference between having a staff member create a training calendar around what your stats and reports say. So, for example, if we have a little bit of a dip in listings one month versus, you know, sales then maybe we got to do a listing clinic, right? So we build our our calendar based on our statistics as we're supposed to be doing, but there's a difference between doing that and having a producing agent who's out there in the trenches say, you know, over my experience in the last couple of months, there's real, I I wish someone would come in here and teach this. So we really empower them to say, you know, this is the stuff that we want to hear and what we want to know, because we want to also fill our training calendar with these types of classes. Yeah. Um, so for example, one of the ones that we're having this week is, uh, someone that's, uh, uh works for an HOA document, uh, prep is coming in and just talking about the importance of HOA docs and what to look for in HOA docs and things like that. And, you know, part of the selling point for the class that we announced at our most recent sales meeting is that I think, uh, either this year or next year, more than 50% of homes, uh, in the U S are going to be part of an HOA, which is my wow. mind boggling to me. So, um, and, and we've never taught an HOA class. So oh, no. uh, so the, the little things like that. Um, you know, one of them, uh, the safety safety committee of our ALC uh, said that she was locking up a listing at night. And um, not that, you know, anything bad happened, but she said she was spooked because she everything was done and she was locking up. And when she turned around, someone was walking up behind her. And it, it was, in, in a sense, this bystander, someone who wanted to ask a question about the house, but it spooked her enough to say, to think, you know, hey, am I... Prepared for anything that happens if, if, if mm. that person had a bad, bad intentions. So they actually just had a class last week where they brought in uh like a self-defense person mm. to kind of teach people. Yeah. Like how to, uh, and it wasn't anything like how to fight or karate or anything like that. I was gonna say, man,
0: <laughs> you guys, you get like a black belt or something.
1: <laughs> the guy was a sensei, but yes, uh, but but no, it was just kind of like if you're in, a, in someone's grasp, how to get out of it mm. and things like mm. that, just mm. so that you get get yourself to safety, but. Uh, but it was super well-attended, and that's wow. another thing that we didn't think was a deed, but one person thought it was a good idea, and we're like, let's do it. And we've been just dropping those in uh, into our calendar throughout.
0: So, okay, so, um, you know, what I heard you say is, you know, we'll teach a lot of the the, I guess, common training that we would see by looking at our stats, right? Just looking at what's going on and setting those trends yet you also are going to to the agents asking that question listen what do we what do we need what do you need right you're a top agent here you do business what are you experiencing what do you, you know what do you feel like our agents would need
1: yeah, exactly, and 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 we encourage and um, you know we actually want our agents to think outside the box and think of what it is that they need and that and sometimes they're just afraid to speak up. Maybe they think, well, I'm not going to say what I think because mm. maybe it's something that just I need, and you know, I, is everyone going to laugh at me if I bring it up? You know, I'm surely I'm the only person that needs to kind of one else. But no, we tell them, you know, we empower them to say, listen, if you feel it's a good idea, let us know. We'll fill it, fit it into the calendar. And one recent example was something that just started maybe two or three months ago. And we had an agent come in and say, can we do more role-playing? Hmm. And to have an agent say, I want more role-playing, it's like, "Yeah, oh, really? <laughs>
0: okay. <You're laughs> like, can you can you say that on a microphone? <laughs> like, just make sure all the agents hear you? Exactly. Yeah.
1: So she started a, a role-playing class and we wow. told her, listen, we'll do anything that you need. We'll build your collateral for it, flyers, whatever it is. Wow. And now they do it twice a month on the second and fourth Tuesday of the month. And it's wow. been going strong for about two or three months. It's super well attended. Wow. And it's just part of our curriculum now every two, twice a month.
0: <laughs> so, what do you think that is? Cause not every market center has that, right? Like, what? So, what do you think it is that's like simultaneously you have agents coming to you saying, Hey, I need this training. And they're also being attended by other agents?
1: So, You know, that's kind of a a really key question because something that I have heard is Keller Williams touts themselves as the top training company in the world. And we have been called the top training company in the world, like training magazine and whatnot. So there's the expectation by everyone who joins the market center that they're about to get world class training. And there's a little bit of a slippery slope where you don't want to, as a market center, just rely on... That reputation alone, you got to actually have world class training. Mm. And uh, we've gotten ourselves to the point where, well, you know what? KW provides a curriculum. If we just follow that, you know, it's almost, it's wouldn't be doing the bare minimum, but it's almost like the status quo. Mm. And uh, what we have heard for people, especially those that can't make it into the market center that often, is, well, you know, it, this, it's the training applicable to me. Or, well, they do ignite here, but the other market center down the street also does ignite. Mm. So we gotta kind of think to ourselves, what is gonna separate us from your typical market center or any other brokerage for sure. And a big part of that is really being purposeful about what you're teaching and empowering people and making it so that, you know, all the other agents in the office find the value in in what's in your calendar. And that has really been the key, I think, in the last couple of years, and you know, in terms of training in our calendar, is how can we get people to say, you know, what that that thing in the class will really apply to me, or I'm really cu- curious about that class. I think I might attend it. And now you're getting people in there that wouldn't normally attend things. And yeah. like this, this we thought the role-playing thing was going to be maybe five or ten people. So to walk by the training room and see thirty people in there, just in their little groups, role playing with each other, wow. it was just like, "Wow, this is awesome!" And thirty <laughs>
0: people in your role play class.
1: Yeah, I thing thinking, "Let's send our ASC in there to take a picture." I was like, "What the?" That was led cool. by
0: one of your agents, like exactly. you didn't bring in, you know, Gary Keller to teach role play.
1: Yeah, we didn't even have a staff member spend time in the class. It was just done by me. Didn't want to do it.
0: That's awesome. So I don't know, like, was it always that way? Like, what did you guys, how did you start, right? Like, if if, you know, so, okay. So if you, if you were talking to an MCA out there, uh, oh, we lost that. If you were talking to an MCA out there that is going, we ask our agents all the time, what do they want? And we get, we get crickets, right? Like how, how would you respond to that?
1: So, um, you know, I will say one of the unique things about our market center is that uh, the entire ownership group is in production and they're all producers in our office. So we kind of rely on that to show people, hey, listen, you guys are all mega agents and you guys are in the trenches and you also all want this market center to succeed. Can we use you guys to kind of, you know, whenever we we bring up classes or we bring up things that agents should be doing. Can you guys maybe go up there and say, Hey, it's true. I did it and look where I'm at. Mm. And I feel like having an ownership group that is in the trenches with everyone else versus someone that maybe they've never even met or seen. I mean, how many market centers do you go into where agents have no idea who has ownership, right? They might know one or two people, maybe the OP and, and that's it versus we have a whole row here of offices where all of them are all owners, right? And yeah. uh, every one of them, like we rely on them in our sales meetings. Um, whenever we have, uh, when we announce listings or we announce, um, you know, we, we we have an open dialogue at every sales meeting where we ask people, hey, you know, what are you guys seeing out there in the market? What are you seeing in the trenches? What, yeah. what are you experiencing with offers and whatnot? And you know sometimes people are afraid to speak up so it'll get kind of quiet and then an owner will come up and say well i'm seeing this and this and this is anyone else seeing that then all of a sudden you start seeing one hand and two hands and three hands so it's almost like it it it, it gives everyone this little kind of like pass to okay i can talk about this too and it just it just it's it's contagious and it just you know keeps going and then eventually you find yourself having a 20 30 minute discussion about the market and it's super valuable stuff, great information. And we're like, all right, we have to move on. Cause we only have 30 minutes left in our sales meeting, <laughs> but this is amazing. Like, this is what we yeah. want, right?
0: I love that. You know, what I hear in that is find, find the leader that's, that's valid, right? Like it could be, um, it could be anyone. It could be an, an owner investor. It could be just a top agent that cares deeply about the industry. And wants to see others succeed it's like go find that person and say listen let's have a real conversation right you're a leader and and when this these things come up like let's just talk about it, right because pretending like everything's gravy when it's not is not helping anybody
1: yeah and a big part of that too is when someone is teaching that is not in production themselves like maybe a member of the staff that has gone through trainer train trainer-trainer, but maybe they're not licensed themselves, you know, there can be a little bit of, you know, that little question mark in the back of an agent's head where they're like, you know, I hear what you're saying and it all makes sense, but how do I know that that's actually, you know, going to work? Or how do I know that that's actually the case unless I actually, you know, do it myself? There's kind of like the, um, you know, there's always going to be a a, a little bit of a second guessing, you know, until you actually experience it yourself. So, Having someone that's that's shown it, that is is in production, that is a mega agent, that is a our top producer, or a capper, just kind of validate, you know, even if they're just saying, Oh, by the way, I agree with what they're saying. This is I did it too and it worked. Even something as simple as that is yeah. is valuable enough to get someone on board and get them to at least try, it, right?
0: Yeah, I love that. Awesome. Okay, so. So you, you get a lot of attendance, you get a lot of buy-in because you have top agents who are sharing what what they're looking for and they're coming in, right, um, sort of demonstrating that, hey, this stuff works, I, I, can, I can vouch for it. Um, what else have you guys seen or, or done to really get your agents engaged, really get them producing and, and just shore up that back door?
1: Yeah, so um, I will say our, our sales meetings are purposeful and they're a big part of the energy in the office around production. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I attended a mastermind once where someone said, uh, our meetings are once every two weeks or once a month. There was something like that. And I'm like, oh, why don't you guys do it weekly? And they said, well, we used to do it weekly, but then agents stopped attending. So now we just, we, we, we kind of like spread them farther apart and i'm thinking well that's not that's almost leading to the problem instead of fixing mm-hmm. it so instead of not having as many meetings maybe change what you're doing in meetings to get more people to attend instead of let's just have fewer meetings right i'm a yeah. proponent of sales meetings right the more the merrier because we get the we get standing room only at ours mm-hmm. and maybe we just need a bigger training room but we get <laughs> standing room only and you know we we get about 40 to 50 people in person every sales meeting and then oh. about 50 to 60 more over zoom
0: every time. Wow.
1: So that's at least yeah, 100 over a hundred people. people. Yeah. Uh, oh. Between hundred and hundred and ten people every single week.
0: How many agents you have? 180. 180. <laughs> yeah. So you get more than ha- have half of your roster attending basically four trainings a month.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, some of those things can be, some of those meetings are are as valuable, if not more valuable than a class. Because this, the, the kind of feedback that you hear, we always open it with who's got listings. That, that's, that's how we start it every time. So, um, you know, obviously when people submit new listings through command, um, one of our staff members actually puts it up on a, on a we have a slide dedicated to those listings. Mm-hmm. But we open it up to people, for people to announce listings that are coming soon or off market And then while that's happening, we have a separate staff member that's on a laptop just writing down all of this information so that we can keep a a list of all the off-markets that we then send out to our agents only. And now we're offering that value of, hey, look at all these off-markets that you have knowledge of that no one else Right? Because we just found out about it now. Right? Uh, So they're as new as as they're going to get. And after listings, we talk about the. Then we go over the slide of the actual ones that were submitted that are live on the MLS, and then we go over the past week's sold closings, uh, sold transactions. And from that, we go, okay, what are you guys seeing out there? How are open mm-hmm. houses? You know, what are the offers doing? And that is where it kind of just goes off on a storm of its own, where people are just like, I had 14 offers on of mine last week. And the other person says, Oh, I had 17. And now you kind of start to see where we're learning about what the market is doing before we read about it on the papers the next day.
0: Wow. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like a think tank in there. It's like, here's what's going on. Here's what we're experiencing. Yeah.
1: It's super cool. And then, you know, we were, we found out that the market was slowing down at sales meetings before we knew that it became a national story that the market is slowing down. Because all of a sudden, people are saying, hey, you know, our market, we're used to having on the market for a week, two at the most. Now we're having houses on for 30 days. Mm-hmm. We're like, that's a huge red flag in our market. So that's where we kind of started reading the tea leaves. Okay, something out there is yeah. not right.
0: So how do you bring that back? Like, Okay, so now now you've got the discussion going. Does everybody just leave there and, and take action around that? Like, what, How do you? what do you do with that?
1: That's a good question. So the the main part that the main thing we want is we want to make everyone the expert in their community, right? So the people that are out there that are uh, that are transacting, that are they have the listings, that are doing the open houses, are the ones that are that are going to have that knowledge firsthand. But we also want all the other people in there that maybe have never done an open house or haven't don't don't have a listing yet, or maybe haven't had one in six months, to also know what's going on because at the end of the day. The first thing people get asked when they find out that you're an agent how's the market doing right so, right. <laughs> so we yeah. want people to know what's going on with the market yeah and have the the most recent information so at the very least that they can take that away and go put that in their social media or go talk to someone about it or start making phone calls around that information now we're, we're really kind of uh, empowering our agents to, Hey, use this data that you just found out. This really solid data, by the way, because all these agents are high producing and use it. Right. But it put it to good use. Um, but yeah, a lot of times we, it's, it's, we have to cut it short just because we only have one hour for the sales meeting and it's just amazing to have to cut something like that short.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, good. So, um, we talked about a lot. What have we not talked about? What, um, you know, what What should I have asked you about that I didn't?
1: Um, well, I mean, so that that is pretty much how we do retention based on production. But there are so many little other things that we have in place for retention that may not seem like that big a deal, but they always matter because, uh, you know, one of the things that, that happens the most is whenever you have an agent come to you that says, you know, I don't really care about this, but FYI, <laughs> it's like. Anytime yeah. somebody says that, they care about it, right? Yeah. They, they just don't want to seem like they're pestering you. But right. if, if they're bringing it up to you, it's obviously it mattered to them in some way or another. Okay. So if somebody says, hey, you know, the last couple sales meetings, I noticed maybe my, someone's name on my team was misspelled. Oh, it's not a big deal, Right. Well, yeah, that's a big deal because we're supposed to be recognizing them. Mm. And uh, a lot of times we want them to take, we we mail out the sales meeting slides to everyone after each meeting and Mm. we encourage them that if you're, uh, you know, being recognized on there to take that slide and put it on your social media or or whatnot. So, um, so, you know, attention to details and things like that. Um, But yeah, we have a pretty robust uh, retention program from the moment an agent gets in the office, Um, to the moment they become a mega agent, right? Which is the ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's, from the very get-go, I mean, from when the time an agent joins, we give them the swag bag, right? Um, And it's, you know, a shopping bag, nice nice quality shopping bag that has our our logo on it. And, you know, things inside that will help their business. So for every new agent, we buy their business cards um, just because it's another cost that they don't have to go through in the beginning for startup, Mm-hmm. And um, and you know, in that bag, you know, sometimes we switch out what we put in there, but it'll have a shirt or a tumbler, uh, maybe a notepad and a and a pen, um, you know, little things to to kind of help set them set them up. Maybe a business card holder so that they can put their business cards, because a lot of times when people first get business cards, they don't own a business card holder, or you know, mm. they, they just where do they keep them, right? They just stuff them in their wallet or yeah, um, so just little things like that, but um. But, yeah, really just being purposeful about, you know, what do you do when someone caps? Like, for example, when someone caps in our office, that triggers like a five or six step process nice. where, first of all, internally, obviously, I'm going to update the cap management report and all that stuff. But our staff just kind of gets busy with this thing. We're like, OK, one of them's is going to create a recognition slide that's going to go on the, the following sales meeting. Uh, one of them starts drafting a letter, uh, congratulations for capping, on capping really? letter, that's going to be signed by our team leader. Um, someone else is putting into, we, we have these gift boxes that we actually ship directly to an agent's home, yeah. and they don't know it until they cap, right? So, uh, and a lot of times they'll say, hey, did you get a box shipped to your home? It's like, no, why? Well, I, you know, what what happened recently that, that the market center sent you a box for is like, well, I capped, I said, like, congrats on capping. So now the other agent's saying like, Hey, I want, I want one of those, you know, and you gotta that. start hearing it. It's, it's never gotten back to us, but that's what we want. Right. We want to create yeah. that buzz around it. And, um, and then of course there's, you know, the, uh the, we, we have these masterminds and, and that's kind of a little bit more in depth. If you have a few minutes, I'd love to, to go into it, but yeah. um, Yeah. Go into so it. So we have, uh we have four masterminds and they're, they're, uh, separated by production level, so our first one is called the Emerging Talent Mastermind, which is uh, zero to three million in production. So literally newbies to to three million, and you know three million may sound like a lot in some areas. in in, in our in our market, it's two to sales. Um, and then the next one up is the Growing Talent Mastermind, which is from three million to capping. Okay. Then we have a Top Producer Mastermind, which is cappers to twenty million. And then we have our mega agent mastermind, which is 20 million plus in production. And this is something that we have on our TV displays around the office. This is something that we bring up at each week sales meeting. And uh, it's just to remind people when the masterminds are, the dates Mm -hmm. and times. But at the end of the day, what we want is to show people, hey, there's these events that are invite only. Mm -hmm. Now you're creating a little bit of FOMO around them. Yeah. It's like, how how do I get to that one? Right? So the first two are hosted in the market center. They're just regular classes, you know, feedback sessions, and they're hosted by uh, either ALC members or cappers from our market center. And then the top producer, a mega agent masterminds are hosted at a nearby country club. Lunch is provided. Wow. It's more exclusive, definitely invite only. So now you're kind of creating this thing where it's like, okay, I don't want to do the one at the market center. How do I get into the one where I go to the country club? It's like, well, you got to be a producer, right? You got to at least cap.
0: Now, do you guys use those ones as recruiting events as well? Or is that just for your agents?
1: So right now it's just for our agents. However, if someone wants to, one of those agents wants to bring someone, we're not going to turn them down. We let them come in. Um, And do you tell
0: your agents that?
1: Um. No, because we actually have a different event that's, uh, okay. that's targeted towards recruiting. Okay, um, yeah. But yeah, the main thing with the masterminds is that there really was just like one level before. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what we found was that there were agents that, you know, when you're brand new, you're thinking about, you know, what should my logo look like? How many right. signs do I need to buy and how many signs do I need to put out at open houses mm-hmm. versus mega agents are thinking, oh, how do I build more wealth? you know what how do how can i parlay my pci into buying more stock and it's just like the the conversations are just so wildly different that mm-hmm. by setting them in the levels it just kind of works right and, yeah. and you you find all your similar types of questions and and discussions and in, in all the different groups and it's kind of wild you you sit in the in the first two and you know, you, it, it's stuff that probably I'd be able to answer, but I'll, I'll sit in the mega agent mastermind, and they're asking such high level questions that it's it's even just to be a fly on the wall at that meeting is just amazing. Like the mm-hmm. the kind of things that they talk about, it's something that wouldn't even cross your mind on a, on a day to day, right? It's just so that level of of discussion, like that's not provided anywhere else for those people, right? For mm-hmm. uh, for people who produce that highly that's where they get that kind of environment and feedback and, and, and high level conversation. So for them, that's become kind of like their little monthly club yeah. where they can get high level conversation, you know, free of charge, right. Cause it's, it's, it's part of the market center. They don't have to go join a, a, a um, networking club or, or something like that. But, uh, and we found that that's been super successful and to the point where we've had people come into our into the MCA office and say, Hey, what's my production level? Do I qualify for that one yet? And it's like that's what we want. We that. want people to be on yeah. top of their their production.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're you're incentivizing them to focus on what matters in their business. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So that was the masterminds. Was was there more to your your retention program?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's little things here and there, like for example, um, you know, birthdays. It, it's, it, birthdays don't sound like it's that big a deal, but it's it's amazing how how insignificant they may seem to others, but how important they are to the person whose birthday it is, right? Mm-hmm. So we go all out when it goes to birthdays. There's like six or seven things that we do. Um, so every Friday we have a staff meeting uh, and and every one of those Fridays, we have our, our front desk bring a stack of birthday cards and it's all the upcoming birthdays that are going on and what we do is we pass it around the whole table yeah. uh, conference table so while we're having our meeting we're putting in there our well wishes and custom uh name, uh you know uh, signatures and whatnot and messages um so that way you have like a personable thing handwritten and then when these get mailed to the agents homes they're like oh my god the whole staff they sent me a handwritten birthday card and some of them, you know, if you have an inside joke with someone or if it's someone that you've no longer, you know, then you'll see their message. And it's super neat to, to, to kind of have that. And they love it. And they'll say, hey, I love that. Sometimes we get stuff sent to the market center, like a flower basket or, or, or gift basket. And they'll say, hey, thank you so much for my birthday card. You know, that meant a lot. And I, that was just a birthday card. And I was like, that's awesome. So that. uh, we put it on our, in our training calendar. We also put agent birthdays on there. Um, our TV displays around the office, uh, we have every agent's birthday. Uh, yeah. and then of course our sales meeting, we, we announced that week's birthdays. And, um, and then of course, when, when possible, which should be, a, a, I try to do it as much as I can, is I'll send a text message to the agent. Mm. Uh, and the, the one I like to do the most is I'll, I'll say, Hey, I have a compliance question on the, in the subject of the email, but then in the body of the email, I'll say, just kidding. Happy birthday. And <laughs> That gets those I, love people
0: that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love it. That's great. Awesome. I love it. I mean, what, what I'm hearing just in our, our time that we spent today is, you know, you start with let's, let's focus on production. Let's make sure they're getting into production. And you're, you're starting with that emphasis, but then you're layering in all these other touches on top of it that just sort of take that experience above and beyond, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's so key, right? Because if we only if we only did one or the other, then, well, they may not be in production, but they're getting a birthday card. And that's feeling maybe a little bit out of integrity with what our mission really is. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, if we're only ever getting image production, we're not really getting a relationship with them. So I, I love that you're you're supplementing the production level emphasis with just the little touches it's not it's not the emphasis it's not the entire thing it's it feels like it's not even like a majority of the thing but it's just the sort of icing on the top so i love that
1: yeah and um you know honestly because there's there's a, a lot more that i could go over but it's just i don't know if we'll, that, this might be like a three or four hour podcast if we yeah <laughs> uh, but you know if if there's one rule of thumb that that we can kind of like narrow it down to is you know, listen to the people who are in production and listen to the people who want to be in production and then cater to that question and cater to that need because we're, we're not going to have all the answers to everything, but the people who are in production are the ones that that are going to come across those problems or those issues or those questions and, and they want that clarity. So it's as easy as just getting as much feedback as you can from from agents and then just filling in that that void you know maybe asking someone hey what what do you want to see in the calendar that you wish we had in the calendar that we never had and somebody said well actually i would love to know the full escrow process start to finish okay so we called the escrow company across the street we told them hey can you come and teach escrow classes now they they've added a monthly class for the next 10 months and we have escrow classes now (laughs) It, it was just that easy
0: have you ever had someone, you know, respond to that question with like, "I don't know," or like, you know, yeah? <laughs> Have you ever had someone say like, "I don't know what training I need," or "I don't know you what know, training I want"?
1: I, I will say, if someone told me that, I'd probably just keep digging. Like, there's got to, there's got to be something because even, even if you're in a in a level in ground zero to the point where you're just like, I don't even know where to go. Well, what what would make you know where to go? Like, what what are you questioning? That that you wouldn't even know where to start. And they're like, well, for example, like which contract do you use. I'm like, ah, perfect contract class. So let's get a contract class in here. Love that. So, little things like that. But you know, I I I feel like if you pry enough, yeah, you will be able to find something from everyone.
0: That's such a great point. Like you know, I think the takeaway from there is be committed to finding out that answer. Right? Don't just don't just give up with the first I don't know. That's such a great point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Love that. Awesome. Well, um, listen, I so appreciate you taking the time to give us a little bit of a peek behind the curtain of your your retention program and just some of the the success and results that you've all had. Um, so congratulations and and thank you again for taking the time. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing what you' all accomplish in the years to come.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. And you know, this is kind of like we're preaching. Uh, we're we're doing what we're preaching, right? We're we're uh, finding a possible need or something that people have questions about, and you're solving it with this podcast, which is so cool. And uh, you know, thank you for what you do, and thank you for creating it, and uh, and for having me on. I appreciate that.
0: Awesome. Well, you're a rock star, Josh. We'll see you. We'll see you around.
1: All right. Sounds good.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this month's episode. We hope and trust you learned something today. If you liked what you saw. Be sure to like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our latest content.